This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And our goal is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about our local market. You wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate is no different. We will provide you with the information that will help you make that well-prepared game plan so that you won't have any horror stories. And that being it's Halloween, that's our show today. We're going to talk about some of the horror stories in real estate but how they got professionally treated. You, you wouldn't expect this to be a negative show. It's a positive show. So I brought a couple of good realtors on today. Uh, first of all, we have Jose Reyna of Keller Williams. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Uh, and uh, you've been a realtor since how uh, long? 06, 14 years. All right. So you've seen a thing or two. Yep. Been around and seen a number of things, yeah. And I think my favorite story about you, because this is not your first time on the show. In fact, your son's been on our show before. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that story, how your son got on the show? Uh, remind me. Okay. You were telling me that, uh, that you listened to the radio show a lot. Uh, yep. And uh, your son, on the way to soccer practice, was saying, oh, come on, Dad, do we have to listen to this again? <laughs> That's <laughs> he exactly said, hey, right. son, this is how I learn about real estate. So you told me that story. I yep. said, well, we'll fix his wagon. We got him on the show. Yep. And I'll bet you he's listening today. I hope so. He better be. <laughs> How's Dominic now? Oh, he's actually, his birthday is uh, the 13th of this month, and he will be uh, 12, 13, sorry. Okay. You know we're still in October, though. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. It's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it, next month, November. <laughs> All you right. Know, 13 is a very lucky number, by the way, because I was born on the 13th. So is he. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. It's perfect. And speaking of lucky, we also have Joel Masmanian of Realty Concepts on the show. How you doing, Don? Doing good. Thank you. Happy Halloween, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you're the you're the uh, veteran here. You've been in it since 2002. Yeah. Wow. So you've also seen a thing or two. And prior to this, didn't I see you on TV? Yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, gosh, before my real estate career, I was uh, a reporter for Channel Forty Seven. Did that for about five years, and uh, realized uh, I had more of a face for radio than TV. So uh, <laughs> anyway, no, but love real estate. How many of I us had to tell boss. you that? Yeah, <laughs> you and me have something in common, Don. <laughs> oh, <ouch>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Joel's been on the show before, too, because if you remember, that's when our ratings took an all-time hit. Oh, thanks, Don. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you could tell it's going to be a fun show today. Um, we'll spare nothing. So it's Halloween. We often talk about horror stories on Halloween. But what are some real estate horror stories, and how did they get treated professionally? Well, I'll start, um, you know, back when the foreclosure uh, market was at its all-time high, I was uh, showing properties, uh, had an investor, and as usual, I like to get there a few minutes early just to kind of open up the, the property and, 
and uh, make sure everything is good, turn on the lights, things like that. Uh, I'm walking into a duplex for an investor. Uh, it's been a foreclosed property for who knows how long, three months, six months, maybe longer. And uh, a little rundown, you know, but it's got potential. Uh, I unlock the door as usual, open up the door and not thinking, you know, my usual routine, I just kind of walk right in. And the second I open the door, about 40, 50 roaches just fall right on my arm, kind of right on, right in front of me, kind of raining roaches, right? And I'm just sitting there or actually jumping around like this crazy guy, just trying to get every single roach off, grossing out, just terrible, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I was here first and no one else was here watching me do this crazy dance of, you know, <laughs> getting the roaches off my arms and, and shoulder. Uh, walk in and the whole house, top to bottom, on the walls, in the ceilings, everywhere is just roach heaven. And uh, you're, you're just walking through and, you know, you got to kind of, this is the property that my client wanted to see. Well, he decides to, you know, he's walking in there, he shows up and I tell the story. He's laughing, we're laughing and we're walking through and he goes, you know, I think I make this work. And I'm going, okay, that's, that's great. So, you know, and these are the fortunate things. He ended up putting an offer on the property. He got it. Great little duplex. And he went in and fumigated, deep cleaned. I mean, he went all out. He goes, look, I know what this is, but I want to be able to provide some a good quality home for someone. And hopefully they'll take care of it in return. So he actually had a third party company like um, a cleaning company do a deep cleaning on it and got it all cleaned up, changed the, changed the carpet, all that stuff. And has a great investment property. So all right, yeah, it was really great. Turned out what well, started off kind of icky turned out really great for him. Well, really icky for you. Very icky. <laughs> I still think about it and I'm like, you know, and as I mentioned before, uh, snakes, no problem. Spiders, not a big deal. Roaches, I'm out. I just couldn't <laughs> do it. I just could not, but had to kind of power through it. So, you know, the key, the, and I'll bet you do this now, when you go into a home where you suspect there could be roaches and they're uh, going to be up on that door, yep. go in, open the door with your foot first. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go in head first. Well, that actually, that's kind of my routine now. You know, if it looks a little suspicious, I'll open, unlock the door, turn the handle and just kind of give it a quick kick. Yeah. Uh, and use, and that, saves, that actually saved me a few other times. All right. Joel, I'll, I'll bet you've had a few. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's appropriate that this is um, this show is on Halloween because there are some horror stories that that we've all been through, oh, yeah. and uh, and you know every day is different, every property is different. Uh, the one that stands out uh, to me is a probate sale uh, that I had. That and you know when when you're talking about probates, you know you can expect the unexpected all the time. I'm walking through this house; it's been abandoned for quite some time, and there was uh, it'd been broken into a number of times as well. Uh, there were some undesirables in the house, and I'm walking through. There was no water on; everything was turned off. Um, it smelled like a, like a sewer, and uh, but that wasn't the, the the craziest thing that happened. I'm walking through this house, and I walk into the backyard, and I got this chill up my spine when I saw this white cross. It looked like a, like a grave marker in the backyard. It looked like a mini cemetery. <laughs> and I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but I'm pretty sure somebody was buried in that backyard. And it's not our job to get the shovels out and, and you know, dig up whatever's there. But of course, it, it is our job to disclose what we see. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons we have this uh, disclosure called the, uh, the agent visual uh, uh, disclosure. 
And because of that, you know, we can make notes of things like this that, that may spook a buyer, um, but disclose to a buyer that, you know, this could be what's going on. And if they're concerned about it, you know, they can look into it further, get an expert, get some shovels if they wish, and see what's <laughs> going on down there. Okay, I have to ask you, what is it that made you think there was a body buried down there? Well, when I see... Other than the fact you might have been the guy that... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. And, you know, there are some cultures uh, in this world where that's kind of what you do. You know, you you bury grandma and grandpa, you know, in the ground. And, you know, um, it's not a big deal because that's what you do. Um and so, you know, and you don't know. It, and there, it could have been nothing. It could have been just a marker or a memory of something. Um, but it needs to be disclosed. And uh, so in my disclosure, that came up. That was the first thing I put on the, the uh, agent visual inspection disclosure was there, there's, there's a marker. You know, there's a, a potential grave marker in the backyard. And if the buyer is interested in, in you know, finding out a little more about it, then, then they can do so. Well, I want you to know when I was a kid, and my goldfish died, I buried him in the backyard and I put a cross up over it. It could have been a fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was the size proportionate to maybe a, a body or something like that? It was big. Okay, <laughs> okay. Th that's that's a good point there, Jose, because when I buried my goldfish, right. it was not a very big a very hole. small yeah. <laughs> grave. All right. Um, I had one a long time ago where... I got these new clients, and as we were driving around, she said, we're into numerology, and I need to uh, find out your birth date so I could see if you're the right person to work with us. I thought, oh, what the heck? She didn't ask for my credit card number so, or social security <laughs> social number. Security. So I gave it to her. She called back the next day and said, we'd like to work with you because your numbers are good. In fact, your stars are lined up. You're at the beginning of a winning streak. She didn't know this, but like a week earlier, I had won $1,000 off of a $1 raffle ticket. A couple of weeks later, I won Realtor of the Year. This is back <laughs> in 2002 when you mm. you got started. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So we started working together, and um, I thought, well, maybe there is something to that numerology thing. Well, then we find a house that they really liked. And she said, I need to do a paranormal inspection. Wow. So, well, I don't know anybody that does that, but she found somebody and she came back and said, there is a ghost in the house, but wow. it's a friendly ghost. And no, I'm not going to make a joke <laughs> that it was Casper, but they went ahead and bought the house and I believe they're still there and it's probably 20 years later. Well, 18 years later. There you so, go. Yeah. All right. So uh, why don't we go to our next commercial break, our first commercial break, and then when we get back, we got a few more of these stories. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us today on Halloween, we have Joel Masmanian of Realty Concepts and Jose Reyna of Keller Williams. 
And um, as our bumper music, intro music said, if you want to do a paranormal inspection, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. There you go. <laughs> um, so in the first 17 days of your contract, you have the right to do any and all inspections you want, including a paranormal I inspection. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever experienced that or seen a need for it? I've never had to. Um, you know, now that I, you know, it's, I guess it's becoming a little more and more mainstream and more cultures are attuned to that. So I've never had to order one. Um, and I'm sure with a little research, I can find a company that could do it. Um, however, usually it goes one of two ways. Either the, the buyer has a good feeling about the home, they feel they don't need it, or B, they're just, I'm out, this home isn't for me, don't feel a good vibe about it, so it's either one or the other. I've never had to, you know, gone to the next step of ordering a, uh, an inspection like that, but I think it would be interesting, you know. In our, in our business, we see a lot from a lot of different cultures, and I find it all interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's important to them, it's important to me. There you go. <clears throat> And as far as dis the, these are things that sellers have to disclose, like about the death on a property. Yeah. And I think, Joel, you, you did some interesting research on that. Yeah, I mean, if you die on a property, it's got to be disclosed. In California, it's three years. So, so what happens when you die on a property? Well, there's nine states that have laws around the disclosure of death on a property, California being one of them. And in California, okay, sellers must disclose within three years. Now, if it's a violent death, like a murder or a suicide, then, then that would be considered a material fact. And that should be disclosed no matter how long ago it happened. Um, now, we always think about the, the O.J. Simpson you know, uh, murders and all that. Now, you know, that home you know, could be sold 100 times. Um, and no matter what, that should be a material fact that's always disclosed no matter when it sells because of what happened. So, but there's other states that, um, like in Alaska, for example, um, you know, you have to disclose a death within one year. So it's not three, it's, it's just 12 months. If the person dies 18 months ago, then it doesn't need to be mentioned. But that's in Alaska. And that's of natural causes, not just a violent? And that would be a natural causes. Yeah, again, I, I think that, that uh, it goes without saying that if it is a violent death or... <clears throat> Um, you know, something that's in the media, something like that, that would be considered a material fact and, and always should be mentioned. And, you know, let me give you the perfect reason why. The day after, if, let's say the seller doesn't disclose, disclose that. You know the day that escrow closes, the buyer's out there all happy and proud to be in their mm -hmm. new home. The neighbor comes by to visit with them and introduce themselves. The first sentence, complete sentence is going to be, isn't it a shame what happened in that house? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's when the problems start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, for instance, like in South Dakota, now sellers only need to disclose if there was a homicide on the property. So that's that's in one that, that particular state. Mm -hmm. In Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and South Carolina, sellers must disclose a death uh, only if somebody asks about it. So huh. if the buyer cares and asks, then then you have to answer that question, but it doesn't have to be disclosed. 
Um, now here, here's kind of a, an interesting one in Texas, the home of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you own that home, you're not required to disclose it. It's not a big deal in Texas. So, go figure. Yeah, Jim, yeah. Really. But, but again, but we're in California. We're in California, and and again, it's three years, uh, no matter what. Okay, um, you know. So so if you are, if somebody has passed away on a property, it it, it would behoove you to uh, to grab that death certificate, look at when that that individual passed away, and again, when it's within three years, uh, you got to talk about it. Well, you know, and that's interesting too. I always tell my sellers, you know, it's better if a buyer hears of it from you initially, even before an offer is placed. Because what you don't want happening is, what, what I find is most buyers tend to pull out of an offer or of a transaction when they felt they were lied to or something was hidden from them. Mm -hmm. So what I always say, look, it may have happened seven years ago, but if the neighborhood knew about it, which typically they kind of do, it's one of those things where you don't want that happening, right? The, the buyer calls you back and says, Jose, why'd you sell me this haunted house? And I'm going, well, I didn't know, and in California, that doesn't always play well. So what I always say is, look, if you know of something, just disclose it, and if that particular buyer doesn't want it, even if it was longer than three years, now they don't have to legally, but it's always good practice to be upfront, you know, disclose as much as you know about the home. And most people, if it's not a big deal to them, they'll just move on that question and go on to the next. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you and know. There, there's some cultures that, that really are very sensitive to truly. it. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. you know, could have happened 20 years ago, but um, but they want to know about it. So right. you have to kind of look at the culture, too, and, and see the sensitivity of that buyer. You yeah. know, now you say that. I had one client who actually, uh, we looked at a home, they felt this energy, and they said, is there any way we could stay the night? And I'm going, well, okay, well, I never heard that. I don't know if we can do that, but I guess we could ask. And he says, well, and we want to string these, these, you know, cans and things that make noise. So if there is a ghost, they'll jingle and we'll know. And then we can go from there. Luckily for me, they decided not to put an offer on that house because I couldn't see myself asking the listing agent, hey, can we do this? You know, and it goes along with inspections, I think. Right. But I, that was a little odd. What if they were squatters and you couldn't get them out? That's my fear. You know, <laughs> I and with real estate, you go to that end result. Like, how bad can this get? So ah, that's a good way to put it. Right. Yes. When you have an odd scenario, you got to think it through. Right. How bad can it get? How bad can it get? And and sometimes we're sort of, uh, we go like, really, Jose, is that really going to happen? And I go, well, it's not that it really could, is can it? And um, that's what you have to be, pre be prepared for in this business. Can it go there? Yeah. And then have, you know, have contingencies for it. And when we started the show, we talked about horror stories and how it's professionally treated. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that would be that professional treatment there. Somebody's thinking this all the way through. Right. What could happen and how do we protect against it? Right. Well, deaths on a property are not the only thing about disclosures. Um, there's other events that could impact that um, such as, well, well, let's just say they, di they did a lot of things like they put an air conditioner on without a permit. Mm -hmm. They re redid a bunch of wiring without permit. Following your line of thought about what else could happen, the thought is, okay, unpermitted, mm -hmm. possibly uninsured. That's the reality. Yeah, for sure. Possible. Um, and then fire. And then who's responsible? 
Right. And those those tend to go, you know, so first thing we usually do is we get a home inspection and a, and a wood destroying pest inspection. And then based on that, I'll, you know, they may recommend other inspections, a roof, a sewer line, things like that. But I think that that's the biggest thing, you know, what a lot of my buyers sometimes, well, some of my buyers sometimes don't understand is this is your one and only chance to get an opinion of what's going on with the property, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And I see it as just information. Some buyers may say, oh, I'll take it in the way it is. I don't care about the wiring. I'm an electrician. I can do this and redo and re, and I have a good deal on a home. I can rewire the home, no big deal. And others are like, I don't know how to ham, how to hit a nail in, with a hammer. So this is not for me. Um, but I think investigation, you know, doing your investigation on the property is really important. And I always, some people are like, well, that's a lot of money for that inspection. I go, well, think of it like an insurance policy. You know, you don't need it until you need it. And if you don't know what you're buying and you're spending a $300,000 on a home, you have one shot, you know, and or you're going to put all the um, weight on the buyer, on the seller's disclosure. And, you know, not all sellers are 100 percent truthful and, and or they forget. It happens a lot. You know, I've lived in the home for 30 years. I forgot we did. We did that addition without permits 25 years ago, 30 years ago. It happens. So. It's really important that you get it. You feel comfortable about buying the home. And and sometimes it may lead to two or three other inspections. You know, we need an electrician to come out after the home inspection. We may need, you know, maybe they need to go down to the city uh, building inspector's office and pull permits so they feel good about it. Um, that's something that we as real estate agents don't do, but I can definitely walk them how to do it and show them where to go. And that's often helpful. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's really important that you get those done because you want to know what you're buying. Um, Joel. We talked about 17 days for the inspection period. Does it have to be 17 days? Can it be longer, shorter? 17 is is kind of the rule of thumb to get everything done. You know, you, that's plenty of time typically to have your inspectors lined up. And then at that point, you know, you can figure out, okay, is there an issue here? Do we need to ask for some repairs for the seller to consider uh, or not? Um, but, you know, if it's $300, $500, $1,000, even $2,000, it's worth every penny of the inspection because the big picture is, you know, you're buying a three, four, five dollars $500,000 home, whatever it might be, you know, for even $1,000, it's short money because you're going to be there a long time potentially and you could find something that could cost you a lot more than $1,000 down the road if you don't catch it in the first 17 days. I've had some actually buyers say, you know what, I'll only I'll do it in ten, or I'll do it in five. Cash buyers will often say, I'll, I'll it's some of them are just I'll take it as is. I'll give them a five day inspection, but they'll hopefully they'll take my offer because of that. Um, I remember the REO days, right? It was always ten. We'd ask for seventeen, and they'd say, No, you're getting ten. I'm like, Well, okay. Well, if you want the house, Mr. And Mrs. Buyer, are you going to be okay with ten? And then it's just on you know it's on us to get those inspections done that much faster. Um, but I think it's up, up to ultimately whatever the buyer and seller agree to. Yeah. But I would, wouldn't you say here in the Central Valley, 10 days is ample? I could, Home inspectors aren't backed up that much. No, mine are usually three to four days, depending on the mm -hmm. time frame. And that's business days. And if we had to, we can always call another home inspector and, and see if they're available. So, yeah, I could do it. Normally, 10 days is more than enough. I like the 17 because sometimes the buyers like to ponder on things a little longer. The one that scares me is where the buyer can check the box about they waive their inspections. Yeah, yeah. I have a tough time with my buyers uh, waiving inspections unless they're experienced investors or they have some type of um, 
you know, repair background. Doesn't have to be a contractor. It could be just something that they're very familiar with or family members who, are, who can do it. And using your words from uh, previously, if, they, if that buyer is experienced and they know how bad it can get yes. and that they can handle it, then it's okay. I agree. Yeah, it's, and a lot of times I'll walk them down that path. Okay, let's just say it's an electrical issue or permit issue or electrical issue. And then we find out down the city it's a permit issue. And then the city does their inspection and says, okay, tear it down. And they look at me and say, the city will say tear it down. I go, it's a possibility. It's, it can happen. Now there's other things you can do, but it, now you need permits and plans. You've got to get an architect to come out, a structural engineer to come out. And every time I say something new, you can see dollar signs spinning, right? And I go, this is how bad it can get. Not saying it will. And if you're lucky, maybe it won't but it's a possibility. You just reminded me of a horror story <laughs> I had only a year ago. <laughs> so there was a home built in 1922. Now keep in mind, the city and the county didn't start permit the permit issues until the 1960s. Right. The city came out and said, got to tear it down, the, the, uh, a uh, third bedroom. Okay. Work saying these people had owned it a long time and said, but I think it's been here a long time. We actually found a picture from uh, 19, the 1930s that showed it was there. So, City still said, tear it down. Oh, wow. I thought you would have got it waived. <laughs> you, I would have thought so. Uh, and it was unfortunate. I mean, it, it was probably the most well-kept home on the entire block mm -hmm. and it got picked on yep and that happens a lot yeah it's too bad it wasn't historical because if it was deemed historical then it could be around forever ah there, there you go. go yeah yeah i, I should have thought of that one <laughs> <laughs> with that we are going to our next commercial break but stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 espn Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Jose Reyna of Keller Williams with us and Joel Masmanian of Realty Concepts. I got to ask you, Joel, you're the one that picked that bumper music. What's it about? And do we only do that on Halloween? You know, don't you feel like sometimes when you're in your house, you hear something, you know, a little uh, creaky stairs or, you know, a sound like somebody's you know, walking down the hall or, you know, in the back of our minds, you, you think to yourself, you know, is there somebody else here with me? You know, is there, and there, your th kids maybe? Yeah, it could be. Usually it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're, you're sometimes, you're the, and there's, there's, there's folks, there's cultures that are very, very sensitive um, to what's happened in the past in a property. Mm -hmm. What happened here? Right. You know, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, um, they want to know. They want to know. And the beautiful thing is there are people that can tell you, like realtors um, mm -hmm. and, um, and people that um, can, can feel paranormal experiences um, that get paid handsomely for what they do. But you can inspect just about anything in a property, and there's always a specialist that can do it if you feel that something's just not right here. Yeah. So a lot of times... This is on a positive note now. A lot of times you're showing property and uh, people walk through the house and it's just a vanilla 
response. They, they don't dislike it, but they don't like it. And I've had them say, well, you know, the walls just aren't talking to me. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's probably a good thing. When the walls start talking, you know, run. Run. Yeah. Or get a paranormal <laughs> inspection. <laughs> yes, yep. exactly. <clears throat> All right. Now, there is a, a very interesting belief or theory of the flow of a home mm-hmm. called feng shui. Let's talk about that. What is feng shui? Can one of you tell me? You know, I don't, I don't, I know very little about it. I know I had a client who was very um, attuned to that and it was an interesting experience and I was trying to learn more about it. And there, you know, the beauty is there are actually classes that we can take that would help educate us on that. And I've only had one client that was into feng shui and it was really exciting from the bits of information they gave me. So what I normally do is I have a list of homes that I show them and, you know, here's five homes. We're going to go see those today. And she goes, well, before we go see them, can I get the addresses? I'm sure. And I said, of course, here you go. And then about an hour later, they came back and said, um, we're only going to see these two. And I said, okay, I figured maybe these others were in the wrong location or just weren't appealing to them. And uh, so we go to the home and I said, here's the first one. And uh, I opened the door and she says, oh, no, this won't work. And I'm going, we haven't even stepped in. How are you? How are you judging this? I need to, you know, and as realtors, we need to know these things, right? Because we can prevent showing a house similar to that down the road. And she goes, well, first of all, Jose, do you see how the front door and the back door line up as a direct line? And I said, well, yeah, you know, a lot of people like that, that throughput because air, you open the doors, window air comes in, goes out. It's nice, refreshing on a good day. She goes, well, in feng shui, we believe that the energy immediately comes in the home and goes out. It needs to reside in the home. So we need the, the back door to be offset. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, this is good news. I didn't know that that's what it was. And I, then I proceeded to ask her, why did you not pick the other three? Because I, I want to make sure I'm not showing you homes that you don't want to see. She goes, well, in the numbers, in the address, there's some good numbers and bad numbers. And we have a way of deciding what are good and what are bad. So I said, okay, well, can I know how you figured this out? She says, it's a little hard to tell. Just bring them, you know, send me the addresses and I'll let you know. And I said, okay, great. <laughs> so, you know, that was the extent of it, but it's, it's really important on us to be curious and um, learn about these things so that I can help them better. Okay, I had two really good experiences with feng shui. One, I, I had a client who was a Buddhist monk. Nice. And of interesting gentleman. And he explained feng shui to me and what he liked and didn't like about a home based on feng shui. And, and you know, it, it all made sense. Mm -hmm. uh, For example, he said, look at this home, you open the front door and you look out and the, the street came right into it. Mm. And okay. So you might say, well, that feng shui says that's no good, but I think a lot of people would say, well, I don't want a drunk driver driving right into my front door either. Right. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a lot of it made sense. A lot, um, And the part about the flow of the floor plan, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense too. You know, you want it open. You don't want it really boxy. Well, uh, feng shui describes it all. Then the other one is I did take one of those classes. Oh. Yeah, it was good. 
Actually, well, it's good because I passed a class finally. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there, there are some, some specific numbers that you want to stay away from. There, there's some cultures that will not buy a house uh, if it has certain numbers. Uh, and, and yet there are some numbers that are very positive to cultures. Uh, for instance, um, in the Chinese culture, the numbers 6, 8, and 9 are considered to be the luckiest. Now, why that is, uh, I don't know. Uh, but the, the unlucky numbers uh, are four and five. Um, and so, so if a listing price has the numbers four or five in it, to some cultures, they may want to stay away from that particular property or if the address has those numbers in it. Um, Unless so. it's underpriced by 50000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know. But, uh, you know, ironically, actually, this is interesting. The, the number five uh, in Chinese... Um, Sounds like the word for not. Hmm. So, you know, that's a negative. Maybe don't buy me because of the number five. I don't know. Hmm. So numbers matter, and it, and it, could, um, it could affect your, your sales price. You know, this is, has to do with cars now, but the Chevy Nova didn't sell very well when they introduced it into the Mexican market. Well, if you think about it, Nova, Nova means no go. <laughs> it's a play. It's a, it happens. Well, and that's the interesting thing, right? We, you know, California is a melting pot of different cultures. And as realtors, we really need to stay at least aware of other people's beliefs or be um, empathetic to those and not judge. And the, what I like about this business is the people that we meet and the things that I learned from those other cultures. And I try to, you know, if somebody asks, I'll, I'm happy to share what I know about my culture. And uh, it's, it's really, it's enjoyable. It's, it keeps things interesting. We, you know, I learn from other people and um, I take that moving forward and I help other clients in the same way. So, you know, we're, we're in the people business and yes, we sell houses, but it's really just being aware, open-minded and helpful. And I think if a lot of us were a little more of that, things would be a little bit better. And here's the big thing that I learned from that feng shui class that I took. Mm -hmm. The guy said, this definitely applies to first generation uh, people from that culture. Right. He goes, the second generation, the ones that were born here in America, eh, if they like the house, they're gonna buy it anyway. And the third generation, they don't even remember what the first one was teaching. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's actually, that's very true. Um, when, and a lot of the clients I'll try to, are, are you first generation? And it's just a curiosity thing. And then I can sometimes tell how much of a, an effect the, the ghost or the spirit or the flow or the, that'll matter. And it's usually, you know, the third generation, like, oh, grandma and grandpa are nuts. And it's like the second generation, well, they're onto something there, you know, but maybe it's a little stretch. And then the grandparents are like, nope, this is how it is. So it just depends. And sometimes we need everybody's okay. You know, how many times have we shown a home and it's like, oh, and we can't do it now because of COVID, but it's, you know, the grandkids or the, the son and daughter are buying, but grandma and grandpa got to sign off on it. And it's not because of money or anything. It's just, if they say it's okay, then they can come visit and it's okay with me. Yeah, kind of like the, the Armenians and the Italians, especially. I think, you know, every generation has to put their stamp of approval on the house, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, two, three, four showings sometimes we have to open the property up, which is no problem because we want to make sure that everybody's happy. But, you know, sometimes there's there's different 
different generations that, that have to, to nod their head and say, yes, th- this house is a go. I have a personal story on that. <laughs> okay, but, uh, my mom was born in Italy, but I felt this compelling need that I had to show her the property that we were buying. Wouldn't you know, five steps in the door, <laughs> my mom goes, hey, you paid her too much. <laughs> well, how do you know? You're a seamstress. I'm a real estate broker. Right. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, the good Lord doesn't like mothers being wrong. After we bought the home by not listening to her, there was a recession. The value went down. My mother was right. Mom knew. Mom yeah. knew. And that's Always what we bring her. Yep. 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 For a short time. Then the values went up again. That's good. And just like that, you totally redeemed yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And buy yep. real estate. It's a good investment. It is. See, I knew that part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Plus, during that period of time where it went down, we were able to use it. It was a good home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's the beautiful thing about real estate. I mean, you could have bought real estate at any point in the past. And if you held it long enough, to the time, you probably made money on it. The market has gone up, and yes, it, it has its ebbs and flows, like anything, stock market, housing market, whatever market. But right now, we're, we're seeing just about all-time highs in property values. So, you know, I, I tell my clients, if you hold on to it long enough, it'll probably do well. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but hold, buy, and smile. Mm-hmm. And smile. Yep. So what you're saying, whether you bought at the peak of a market, the, at the low point of a market, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. If you hold it long enough, historically, if you're you going to come if out look, good. If you look at the charts, yeah, yeah. Well, and think of what the home does in that period of time. You know, it, you had, we had the essay contest, and I think kids hit it on the nail on the head. They don't care about interest rate. They don't care about how much equity I'm getting. What they care about is a safe place to play, call home, and enjoy and build memories. And I think that's what's important. So no matter what home you're in, it's about living and enjoying the place that is safe to you and your family. And then the benefit is the investment. And you only lose on that investment when you sell undervalued. So as long as you can float the mortgage and you enjoy the home and it's a safe environment, enjoy it and the benefit will be, I have awesome equity. There you go. Well, and with that thought, we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. Don Scordino, we have Jose Reyna, and we have Joel Masmanian here shaking his head. What is it? Now, I got to tell you the backstory here. We've been playing that, this song by Earth, Wind, and Fire called September for a long time, a couple of years. Joel listens to the radio a lot, and I usually get a text message after the show saying, you got to get rid of that song. So here you are, and I uh, had Bobby play it unbeknownst to you. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Yeah. What is it? Well, it's October. I mean, you can play that song for 30 days, and then then you got to dump it. That's it. No, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the horns. You got. You know, I'll play that whenever it comes on. I crank up the radio. Okay, but yeah, it, in real estate, we try to stay away from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Those those are bad things. So Th- that's what insurance is for. That's true. That's that's, that's what we right. got, them and that's for. why we do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
I knew this would be a crazy show with the two of you on here. And, and it's a good thing I'm the, uh, the anchor, the, the stable person here. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Let's go to how do you two see the market? And let me start off with you, Joel. What, uh, what's the market like right now? It continues to be hot. And, you know, it's not just interest rates. It's the rate of interest because it's very That's a good soundbite. Yeah, it it's really, really high right now. I mean, every but a lot of people, most people are very excited about getting into a house. And yeah, the rates are very low. They're three percent. But there just isn't a whole lot of inventory. And as long as inventory stays low, rates stay low, interest is high. And I think the rates are going to stay down uh, into 21 and maybe even beyond into 22. Um, I think that the Fed's going to keep things low and, and make sure that the economy stabilizes. We get past the COVID. And um, I can see real estate appreciation from between 2 to 4% in 21 and into 22. So I think it's still a great time to buy, even though we've seen a nice run. Okay. Jose, what's your take on this? You know, same thing. I think um, the, mar the market is really strong. I'm having my best year ever in the last 14 years. Um, you know, COVID was a shock in the initial, you know, month that it came out. And then all of a sudden the interest rates dropped and there was a resurgence in buyers. Um, you, know, you know, how many of us real estate agents say, man, I wish I had a listing because you know it will sell. Um, as far as next year, yeah, interest rates, I agree. They're going to stay low. It looks like nothing's going to happen. You know, the big looming cloud that I don't know what's going to happen, I don't think anybody knows, is what about all these people in forbearance right now because of COVID, because they lost their job? And who knows how that's going to play out? I think everybody can guess and no one's wrong at this point. Um, but the market continues to be hot. My buyers are excited to buy. My sellers are excited to list right now. Um, I know investors who are unloading homes in anticipation of a bubble. And I know buyers who are like, bubble's not really important to me because I need a house. Um, and the rent rates are up, so why not buy? That's a good point. I need a house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do need a place to live. You do. And, yeah. and you need an office too, because oh. half of America is working from home right now. There you go. So home has never been more important than right now. And the office has never been more important than right now. And I know there's uh, new home builders that are specifically creating floor plans to emphasize the, the office and making that space uh, a little bit larger, bigger closet, you know, wider spaces than the typical office. And they're making that more the focal point of the home because buyers are demanding it. I have a client who is specifically looking to buy a home bigger because mom and dad are home working and they've got three girls all on Zoom calls for school and their home is just too small to handle all of that. They can overhear each other, you know, if everybody's in a room. So they're looking for something in, a, you know, another 400 square feet, maybe an extra bedroom where they can kind of separate out a little bit and, and be able to kind of breathe and be on those Zoom calls for school or whatever. And uh, it's interesting because I never heard them really talk about, the friends of mine, never heard them really talk about it before, but it makes sense now. It's hard to do a lot of that when you have a smaller home and everybody can hear each other's Zoom call. And the, the interest rates are so low that yeah. they can probably afford to buy bigger and, yeah. and maybe even keep the same payment, even though they're paying more. Well, and they can keep their current home rented out and become investors, which is always a good thing, and then buy something else and enjoy that as well. So, 
it, it works, you know, it makes sense. And um, you know, there, anytime you have that extra square footage, whether it doesn't need to be a closet, doesn't need to be a bedroom, a den, extra living room, that's very attractive right now. Joel, I got to compliment you. You've come up with a couple of really good sound bites today. Oh, I loved what you just said. Home has never been as important as right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what? I've had clients that have come in from bigger cities into Fresno saying, my boss just told me, don't come into work. You know, we are closing the office. You can work from anywhere. Well, why not Fresno? Why, why are you in a big city you know, paying, you know, a crazy mortgage or a crazy rent when you can come to Fresno and it really is still one of the better bargains in the state of California. So they're coming. They're coming and they're wanting the offices and they're looking at their payment going, I can afford this. And this is much cheaper than in L.A., San Francisco or San Jose. And if you're in a big city and you move to the Central Valley, you're probably going to get a yard because those kids right. need a schoolyard to play in. Yeah. Well, they can't go to the schoolyard most of the time, so mm-hmm. now they need their own backyard. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. the cost of living in, in Central Valley is so um, cost-effective. I mean, I, I lived in the Bay Area for five years in early 2000, and when I moved here, I, there was just a, a little bit of a shock in terms of how far my money went, and I knew there it was there. But to actually like, wow, like this dollar stretches a lot further here in Fresno. Our produce is way better than anywhere else in the state because it was grown, you know, within 10, 15 miles of, of the Central Valley. So or in, in, our, in our valley. So, yeah, I think there's there's a huge attraction here. And when you can get to your when your employer says you can work from anywhere, yeah. it becomes a viable option for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Joel mentioned something earlier also about low inventory. Why do we have low inventory? Oh, we can go way back on reasons for that. Hit it. Yeah. So, you know, back in when the uh, REO market hit or the foreclosures really hit, builders stopped building and they stopped building significantly. And over the years, they have never come back to that level of building because, you know, burn me once, shame on me, shame on me, burn me twice, shame on you kind of thing. So they said, we, weren't, we are no longer going to build inventory. We're going to build to the buyer that puts an offer down on our property. And they've done so. And average home takes, what, three to five, six months, depending on the, the time of year to build. So we're extremely short on inventory. I mean, to the tune of probably what, I think you know the number better than I, Don, is it a, is it a million homes over the last 10 years total? Well, now you said on the expert on Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's <laughs> extensive. Like I mean, you know, if we had 5,000 more homes today to sell, we probably still would be in a little bit of a shortfall. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's just a lot of demand and not enough homes to go around. And Do you see COVID as a reason why? Well, you know, I was just going to tap on what when you said, you know, the, the age of the buyers that are the most popular right now, 35 to 45. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, those are the buyers that we're seeing getting into the housing market more than, more than anything. And, um, you know, the Generation uh, X, very popular. Um, I think, Don, were you uh, Generation F? Yeah. I'm not sure what generation <laughs> B, you were. but B, uh, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's that it's that demographics, the younger, uh, the millennials are getting very interested uh, in buying homes, getting into the market. Um, Yes, there's rentals, but people want to own a piece of the American dream and they want to own it. So supply is down, demand is up. That that makes it a hot market. It does. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming down here. It was an interesting show. Um, talked about 
a few horror stories in real estate, but how they were professionally treated. And, and I think that's the key. Hire a realtor so you, you can have that professional treatment to avoid the horror stories. Joel Masmanian, Jose Reyna, thank you both very much. Thank, thank you, Don. Don. Happy Halloween. And thank you to our, our listeners and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.